Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. So, Carol, today our show is about manifesting miracles. And Stuart yes. Wilde wrote the book Miracles, and I know you love it. I know you love his book. So let's get started. You'll be quoting from his book to share some of his ideas on how to improve our lives and fund our art, right? You have lots of information Absolutely. to share with us today. Yeah, he was a great okay. guy. He had a, a good sense of humor, Claire, and he loved life. Uh, and he came to America, he got into debt, and he had to get himself out of it. So he got really strict with himself. He started reading the ancients and finding out how to uh, manifest or how to get himself out of debt. And he did that. He did such a good job that he not only got out of debt, but he became uh, a speaker and started teaching what he was using in his life, which is the way to go, because he really believed it. And um, so he left us with a lot of wonderful information. Most of it's free on the Internet, particularly I, li- I like the little book he wrote called Miracles. And he has dictated uh, an outline of it on that you can find on YouTube. So I really, I really recommend it. Um, so, but what I want to do today is just share some of the highlights of this book because – there's a lot to do and a lot to learn, but you can uh, boil it down and try to get the basics, and that's what we're going to go over today. Um, he makes it really very realistic, and, it, and he makes it sound easy, and it is. It really is easy, but, uh, and some of the things I'll tell you, you know, you know, you're going to feel like, oh, I knew that. Yes, but are you doing it is the question, right. you know? <laughs> yes. And we have to go back to that. Oh, let's start with this. Uh, Microsoft genius and Warren Beatty. Oh, so, sorry, um Yes, Warren, who has raised all the money, Warren Buffett, uh, were asked the same question and to write down one word that fully explained how they were able to achieve so much in this lifetime. What word mm-hmm. contributed to their success? So I'll tell you that at the end of the show. But that's part of this. So start thinking about what word is is important to you. What really one word, there's one word you can use that when you do that, you can stay on track. Now, so we'll okay. go back to Stuart's book. Okay. Stuart's book is an outline <laughs> for how to never lose focus, how to keep the faith, and how to use what he calls the laws of manifesting to bring you what you need to achieve your goals. He says that you want to develop an action plan so that you can materialize those things that you want through the laws of attraction. 
and that you can pull to almost anything that you can visualize and anything that you can make a part of your feelings. Stuart is really big about feelings, our emotions, and their power in manifesting. So uh, let me just mention there was a great film back in 2004 with Jim Carrey, and it was called Bruce Almighty, where he played God. And when people were praying every day, they in the film they used post-its to be the prayer. So he would walk into this room in the morning, and it was full of yellow post-its, right? So I always <laughs> okay, think yes. that, and those are the prayers we're sending up. Oh, God, I need a new job. I need a car. I need... So that's what was on all these post-its, and, he, and it was his job to respond to them. So um, Stuart feels, and I agree with him, that the ones that go up with feelings of love, appreciation, joy, happiness, <clears throat> and gratitude are probably the ones that, that turn pink. You know, they are so vibrant in their emotions and their energy that they get first choice so if you can just see a room full of uh, yellow post-its and maybe five of them have turned hot pink and are vibrating they're the ones that are going to get completed so think of your thoughts as that powerful okay so you so you want to Develop an action plan. You want to think about your feelings and their power in manifesting. Then Stewart says, step one, creating miracles in your life is no more complicated than understanding the metaphysics of the universal law because that law is basically indestructible. It's infinite, and it's available today, and it's a powerful law. And mostly, we're brought up to believe in things that we can logically understand. But to understand miracles, we need to look at two aspects of this law. First, there lies deep within all mankind an immense power. And that power is impartial and unemotional. And you can call it the universal mind or the Christ consciousness or even the quantum field. It's this power that allows the recognition of the universal life force that we call God. And we have within us an unlimited power for creating miracles. It becomes a matter of identifying with the power, understanding its characteristics, and learning to use it effectively. Now, so this identification we achieve by knowing that the power is within you and acknowledging that fact by using affirmations daily, like I am eternal, I am immortal, I am universal, all right, I am beautiful. Keep reminding yourself of how powerful and beautiful you are. And that's how you lock into this incredible source and you're poised for the next step, which involves looking at its characteristics. The law is impartial and unemotional, he said, so it has no way of knowing what you want, and it doesn't discriminate between your hopes and aspirations, your likes and dislikes. It's just pure energy, and it accepts whatever thoughts, feelings, and actions that you project and reflects them back to you emotionally 
in the form of events that you experience. Okay? Okay. Yes. Yes. So you're saying that we often create our future, right? And that the thoughts and feelings we're experiencing are being projected back on us in our lives. Right. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And Stuart says that in much the same way as electricity illuminates illuminates both the brothel and the vicar's tea party, the universal law does not differentiate between different types of energy or energy in your life. It'll just give you anything you believe in, no more, no less. So the key to understanding miracles is to look at the beliefs you express as thoughts and feelings. Okay. So whatever feelings we might have around something that we want to manifest will also affect what comes out of that manifestation is what I think you're saying. And so people are always saying, for example, if they're, if they're saying things like, I am poor or I am worthless or I can't do this, etc., things like that, you're saying that they're actually drawing those things to them with these statements? Yes. The universe is listening, all right? Your thoughts are energy, and your feelings are energy. So when you say, I can't afford it, well, the universe says, okay, she can't afford it. She doesn't have any money, and that's what you get. Um, so it's really important uh, just consider yourself a magnet, and what you put out is what you get back. That's what I want you to do is think about that you mm-hmm. that you're constantly manifesting. So what you want to do is make sure you manifest what you want and not what you don't want. And that starts with your thoughts and the energy you're sending out. Okay. All right. Yes. And I remember um I remember some of these things uh from previous teachings that I've learned as well. You know, that that we're all, you know, creative manifestors. I remember these things. And I also remember Louise Hay. And oh, you, she was you have brilliant. Some, some things to share about her too, right? Yes, yes, um, exactly. I want to talk to you about that. We have to remember the universal law only brings you what you feel. That's because feelings are energy. So we have two powerful things to manifest with, our thoughts and our feelings. So start with your thoughts and pay attention to them. Because Louise Hay was suffering with cancer. She's the woman that started Hay House and brought us all Mm -hmm. those videos and books, and she's brilliant. So she had cancer, and a friend told her that she was very negative, and she should probably start thinking more positively. And Louise said, oh, that's ridiculous. I'm a positive thinker. But to prove this, she put a tape recorder by her phone and recorded her conversations for three or four days, And then she sat down and listened to them, and she was shocked at how negative she was, and she realized that her friend was right. So she began to focus on her thinking 
and her thoughts began changing. And those thoughts are very important. So she didn't even let them out of her head. She didn't make them turn them into statements or send them off to the universe. Um, she made them positive. She turned it around. Mm-hmm. And, and believe it or not, that's when she started to heal. And she realized it's this right. tremendous amount of power that we have for manifesting with our thoughts. And that's when she started uh, writing about the power of your mind and created that wonderful little book about all the parts of your body. And when you have a problem mm-hmm. like with your foot, let's say you've got a problem with your foot, well, that could, could, could be because you're afraid to step into your life. Maybe you're holding back. Maybe you haven't really stepped into the use of all of your creative potential. She's brilliant, and she used her mind to heal herself of cancer. So that tells you how powerful the mind is. Very, very powerful. And, you know, her work was magnificent. She gave us so much to work with. I I remember years ago when I first discovered Louise Hay and her work and then her publishing company with all the other great authors that she helped to get their wisdom out into the world with. And um, I know, I know that her work has made a difference in a lot of people's lives. She supported many authors and their concepts have helped make better futures for a lot of people. Where do you think this starts in our life, though? How did this begin? That's a good question, Claire. Stewart says that when you're born, your thoughts and feelings are limitless because your mind is a clean slate. So what a child projects into the universal law is natural and unbounded by the constraints of beliefs. Now, uh, my granddaughter, Eliza, uh, she... Uh, I took her to a movie, and uh, it was dancing and singing and a great film and uh, Whoopi Goldberg. And so we came out of the show, and and I said, how did you like that film? And she said, raising her little hand, when I'm five years old, I will be on stage. I will be an actress, dancer, singer. And I thought, wow, what a powerful statement. So, of course, yes. I said, that's wonderful, wonderful. So when we used to play, we would imagine, and we would play out in her backyard. So I would be the announcer, and I would say, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> clap your hands for the world's greatest dancer, singer, actress, Eliza Lauren Dean. And she would stand up on this mountain, this mound of dirt, and start talking and dancing and moving her body and projecting her future. And I Mm. swear to heaven, five years old, she got her first part in a play. And she was (laughs) on stage at five years old. So don't tell me this doesn't work. Somebody out there is listening. (laughs) So um, now, but what happened, you see, was that We started with this open slate where we could have anything, do anything, be anybody, swinging through the trees, you know, being an athlete, being a runner, being uh, a great swimmer. Uh, What was it? Uh, uh, Hey, uh, Williams. Uh, Esther Williams was that great swimmer. 
we had people that we emulated, and we thought we could do anything. And how about you, Claire? When you were a child, did you often get what you wished for? Did you often look under a Christmas tree and find exactly what you had envisioned? You know, there were things that really surprised me, things that I didn't realize that I did want that showed up. And, yes, there were also things that I that I did want that I, uh, you know, thought of as a child. Oh, Santa, I'd really like to have this or that, that sort of thing. And, yes, those mm-hmm. things showed up as well. Um, and for you, Carol, um, I realize, I, you know, what you're saying. I must have been manifesting, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You were sending a energy to the universe with a picture, usually, of a bicycle or of a... Uh, remember you wanted that ballerina outfit? A tutu yeah. or what, whatever it was, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and you yes. manifested it in your mind. And I said, oh, I can do that. I didn't know how I'd do that, but I figured it out and made you one. So uh, you did. we were both <laughs> yeah. checking into the quantum field, right? I mean, you as a child. Right, yeah. You knew exactly. And, you know, for our listeners, they, they may be wondering what we're talking about at this point place in the conversation and that is that carol and i have known each other since i was before i was born actually my mother and carol were very close friends and so um even you know after i was born carol was always like another mother to me there in my life and so she's talking about the time that i really wanted to have a ballerina tutu and uh she she did not even know, as Carol was just saying, she did not even know how to make one, but she did. She made one. And I have the picture of me <laughs> in that little ballerina tutu to prove it. <laughs> Isn't that great? See, uh, there wasn't anything yes. we couldn't do. Um, yes, when your family moved to California, um, we moved in together. I was raising my son. His father was dead. And your mother and father and you and your brother. So there were six of us. And we got on really well. And, um, you know, we just manifested a really good life together. And that's what you can do. We put our, We wanted to live in Hollywood. We found a great apartment uh, place. We all lived there. We found a great place to live. We got what we wanted, and and we were all manifesting at that time and not realizing. We we just thought we could do it, but that's before people start saying to you, "Oh, you can't do that," or "That's not how it's done." And we get reprogrammed. You know, the older you get, uh, the more people become controlling. And then, and then you have to deal with the uh, consciousness that says, this is what happens, and this is who you are, and you can't be any more than this. It's the collective consciousness. But So we get reprogrammed, and we think we can't do it, and we lose that magical quality that children have, the thinking mm-hmm. that they can do anything, be anyone, achieve whatever they want. It's only with special parents who are really tuned in that children are given the empowerment that that they really need to maintain this confidence. And some children are encouraged to use this power to attract things to them. 
Mm-hmm. And when I was 12, my mother took me to visit my grandmother, who asked me, what would you like to have for Christmas? And I said, a diamond ring. Uh, and so, <laughs> because I was such an avid movie fan, you know, and in the movies, in those days, women were wearing large diamond rings, big bracelets, and lots of necklaces. So it was common to see women decked in jewels. And it seemed natural to want a diamond. So after we were walking out of the house, I'll never forget my mother. She went ballistic. She said, how could you do such a thing? How could you ask her for a diamond ring? I don't know why you're so upset, Mother. I'm saying she asked me, and I just told her the truth. And that's really what I want. And so that upset her so much, I never mentioned it again. I just let it drop. But when Christmas morning came, well, we opened all of our presents, Mother, Dad, and I, and then a mother went to the kitchen to fix our breakfast, and I was cleaning up the room with Dad, and he said, I think there's another present in the bottom of your Christmas sock. Look over there. There's a little box in there. And Claire, there was the sweetest little diamond ring that my grandmother gave me. It was just exactly what I wanted. So, see, she taught me that, yes, you can get what you want, uh, because I was really clear in my vision to the universe. It doesn't have to be big. It just has to be a diamond, and that's what it was. So um, I just Mm -hmm. felt this great joy that... And and confidence, that really assured me that you can ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. What a wonderful experience you had. And that was such an early age for you to start uh, experiencing things like that, to reinforce the idea of manifestation. Because most children are thinking and believing outside of the collective unconscious anyway. They don't have limitations on themselves. And the limitations are done more by family and society. That's where the limitations begin to start. So I remember reading that this collective unconscious has generations of experience in it. And it really can become quite rigid and domineering. It's as, it's, um, it's as if millions of people before you have decided what you can do and what you cannot do. And, and we're being conditioned and controlled in part by this collective unconsciousness because we're all connected and we are all sharing this collective unconsciousness together. That's so true, Claire. And Stuart says that that's one of the most important things you want to do is to get out of the collective unconsciousness. Do not believe what others believe. So stay true to the child within and consider that anything is possible. I think this is how people write brilliant scripts, how Spielberg and Scorsese create their films. They use their imagination, and no one is standing there telling, wait, wait, you can't do that, or that's impossible. You're not going to get millions of dollars to make a film about clocks for kids. Are you kidding me? But no, they they don't. They stay true to the child within. They know what they can do, 
and they know the power of their mind. So they act as if anything they imagine can be done, and it's because of their belief and their faith in themselves that they're able to do this. They are artists, and they know how to manifest. Yes. I believe that when we want to read about great miracle makers and we want to have that same experience, this is what this is what we can do. You know, we can be inspired by other people's miracle stories. We can be inspired by simply looking back on our lives as well and remembering the time when we helped to manifest something in our own life for ourselves or for someone we love, a family member or a friend. However, it it doesn't seem possible for most people um, in most cases, not all cases. Um, And this is because they're, they're sort of locked in their own limitations of the body and the mind and, and their upbringing as well. That has removed a major part of their self-confidence and their belief in creating their future. Now, again, this isn't true in all cases, and it isn't true 100% for everyone who experiences it. But there, there are people who, who feel that they're doing very well in one area of their life and lacking in another part of their life, and they don't understand how the two can coexist with one another. But I know that you understand how self-confidence plays into this in creating their future. Very, It's a very big part. That's why you have to say, I am... Uh, I am creative, I am a genius, I am an award-winning filmmaker. You have to use those I am statements on a daily basis because you, in this industry, in the film industry, you have to shore yourself up with confidence every day because there is a lot of rejection. Millions Mm -hmm. of people are after what you want, which is success with your acting, writing, producing, but you have to stay in the belief that you are a creative person, you are working, you are making a living, a great living, and all of this works with Stuart's guidance. He says that the next step is for us to understand what our life mission is. He reminds us that we are not our bodies or our emotions. We are part of the God force, and we're using this physical form to experience our spiritual development through a special training called daily life. So we need to understand our life's mission. We're not our bodies or our emotions. We're infinite and universal, and we can create with our own mind and our feelings. So the next step in creating your own miracles is to look at the nature of beliefs by reviewing beliefs and feelings, and you begin to understand how to use this universal law really effectively. It's an natural thing to yearn for the impossible. In so doing, you establish strong beliefs about what can and cannot be done. And as your spiritual goal is to step above it, then eventually you realize that to become a part of a higher consciousness, you have to leave where you are now and step into the unknown. That is why all the Mm -hmm. tales of the path of the initiate Talk about loneliness for you to move away from the old energy because there will be a Mm -hmm. sense of loss. And as soon 
as you find that the information from the universal law has a way of jumping at you, unexpected events in your life come, they gather energy as they come towards you, and you can feel that energy Mm -hmm. weeks and even years before it occurs. Science will tell you that it's not possible to foresee the future, and that's true for those who believe it, but as you move out of the world's group perception, feelings, and even seeing the future will become second nature mm-hmm. to you. So to harness this universal law effectively, you should watch this manifestation, which is basically every event in your life, and then link these events to your feelings and attitude. Because we realize that when things go well, it's only because you put that image into the universal law and it responded. Yes. Yes. So I know you, you've had these kinds of experiences before, and, and so have I. I've, I've had a few <laughs> that, that helped me to... Uh, realize the truth of this statement that you're talking about. I remember when um, I was on Wisdom Radio and uh, just just uh, starting live broadcast work was a big change for me because I had been doing on-camera work and uh, voiceover work and things like that. I was not doing live broadcast work. And uh, that was a, a entirely new thing to me and not anything that I had ever thought about doing. But I started having dreams where uh, my nighttime dreams where I could see myself doing this kind of thing. And I thought, well, that's interesting. When I woke up, you know, am I going to start doing live broadcast work? Am I, you know, is this going to be a whole new area of radio that I step into other than just voiceover work for commercials? And, uh, and I wondered how it would happen. And if it were, you know, if, if there was anything to these dreams and, and there was, things did fall into place. And I ended up getting into live broadcast work on wisdom radio and then when, when uh, it, Wisdom Radio was on the air for several years and our founder uh, passed away. And when he passed away, his family inherited the business and they decided that they did not really want to continue. And so they, they decided that they were just going to go off the air and um, no longer do Wisdom Radio. And so... I wondered what was next. I'd still like to continue doing radio. I wonder what's next. So I put it out there that if if there is a next, and if this is part of my future, what will that be? Will it be in live radio again? And because it became a part of me, and I loved doing it because I love putting out information for those who care to listen, possibly grow from the information by the people that I would interview and the guests that I would have on the show. And it would all be in the areas of body, mind, spirit, soul, earth, how to take better care of the earth, how to take better care of ourselves, our families, things like that. And it just became a part of me. And it became a part, it was a part of me before I ever knew it was a part of me. It just emerged. But then, uh, 
several months later, I got an email from someone who was saying, we just bought the network Wisdom Radio. We're going to rebrand it, and we're going to have some of the people that were on Wisdom Radio on our new network. Would you like to join us? And the interesting thing about this was I had a dream about it before it happened. And uh, yes, I did. I had a dream about it. So, uh, so yes, I did join them. And then I, I ended up doing more of the same kind of work that I loved. So Imagine I, I don't that. know. That's, oh, Claire, that's, that's, yeah. that's a great story. You know, Dean Radin would say that's it. You're psychic, you're intuitive, and you, you're communicating with the universal mind or with the quantum field. He says we're all psychic. I love his books, um, A Conscious Universe and Real Magic, or two books, that uh, I read and shared with our physical sponsorship group, uh, who are so sweet to let me bring them all of this guidance and information about the power of the mind on a bi-monthly basis. And Claire, uh, he would say, spot on, Claire, you were listening and you were tuned in. And I do see this in everyone I know, people who don't even realize that they have these intuitive abilities, but they're there. And I remind them of it all the time. You know, when I say, you know, we're talking about this now, this thing that is happening in your life. But do you remember sharing with me about how you'd like to have this thing happen in your life? You (laughs) manifested this and your intuition helped support it. Oh, what fun. That is so right. He says in one of his books that he says, we are all intuitive. Just get on with your life, accept it, and go on with it. Well, what's wrong with taking that into your belief system to see what happens with it? Because you can't, it can't hurt you. It just means you have to slow down a bit and listen to the thought between your thoughts. Things that just pop in, you know, call your grandmother. Uh, where is Susan? You haven't talked to her lately. Things like that. You write them down. Uh, and the more you pay attention to these thoughts in the gap is what uh, uh, Deepak Chopra says. Look for the thoughts in the gap. They're the That's your int- intuition working, and they are guiding you or giving you support. Just write them down and do what they say or follow up, and you'll be surprised how things improve in your life. Now, back to Stuart. He says, imagine the universal law as a shipping clerk in a large mail-order company. They get your order. They have no idea who you are. If the order says size 8, they send you size 8. It's of no concern to them whether or not the size fits you or not. They merely comply with your request. So in your daily life, your feelings, your thoughts, they are your order form. So before you start to change your present conditions, you should be very sure of exactly what you do want from life because the universal law reacts specifically. You need to write and think clearly on what you want. You have to be able to accept whatever you're looking for. Now, 
here's what I want you to do is on from the com. If you go there and then go under the resources section, it's about the third or fourth drop down, which is um, how to it's finding your goals, your goals and your missions. And I've done a class on that, and you can listen to it, and it will tell you how to set your goals to achieve them because you you have to pretend your goals already exist to make them happen. Mm-hmm. You have to see it and feel it to achieve it. And that will cover more in part two. But that's the secret. So you might like to get mm-hmm. on that page and listen to your purpose as a filmmaker and your goal setting are both there. Right. So what okay. you need to do is establish this feeling within you that what you want has already happened. You know, some people have lost touch with their inner child and pretending is is something that takes a little work for them. So I say if pretending is not there for you, if the energy is not really um, embellished enough for you, then just behave as it's already there for you and see if that helps embellish that pretend feeling that can emerge and begin the manifestation process. So uh, behaving as is useful. And I also remember that Wallace Waddles said something similar to what you were saying, that you need to establish the feeling within you that it has already happened. He said that the hardest thing man must do to bring things to you is to believe you already have it. And that requires dedicated thinking and faith. But it worked for him and it worked for many people who used it to gain wealth and share it with others as well. And and it worked for Louise Hay, who used it to heal her body. Yes, that's exactly right, Claire. Stewart says that if you can maintain that feeling and power and live as if you wish, uh, live as if whatever you want has already been granted, then your wish will be delivered, guaranteed. But you cannot be half-hearted or you will dissipate your personal power and nothing will happen. You have to take the path like a warrior, he says. You're not going to achieve your goal no matter what confronts you, no matter where you are. You are going to achieve that goal. That's how you have to get it in your mind. No matter what faces you, you'll reach your objective because the universal law does not care whether you have... Uh, what you want, they just give you what you are asking for, all right? Remember, uh, it's a shipping clerk in the factory. It just sends you what you want. So the question is, do you deserve this thing you want? Because you need to feel that it belongs to you, that it is yours, because often you have to overcome feelings that you may have collected that you're not worthy. So how you Feel is the key to receiving. You need to feel that what you want is yours and you're open to receive it because it belongs to you. Uh, And often we feel that we don't deserve success or wealth or complete health because we yearn for it, but we're taught in childhood that we're not worthy or somehow we owe something to society or that we have some kind of a sin that we should atone for, whatever. 
You have to get all that stuff mm-hmm. out of your mind because this is not the case. The universal law doesn't discriminate. You tell me what you want, I'm going to send it to you. So one of the ways that he says when you're asking for wealth, be specific, ask for a certain amount, ask for this or that in a certain time period, and you have to make a to-do list to get to it. You don't just sit there and wait. You make a to-do list. Uh, if you are uh, if you are planning on wealth, let's say you're a writer and so you uh, intend your book will be very successful and that your book sells a million copies. That's what Chicken of the Soup uh, author did. I was at his house in Montecito for a film funding event and he and I ended up in the back of the house looking at some of his wife's art. And uh, he's a lovely person and he told me that when he moved into that multi-million dollar home on the golf course in Montecito, they didn't have a stick of furniture. They had so much now from the sale of his books in art that they rotated it. They had to get a storage place and rotate the art so they could be enjoy it for six months and then try and then shift their Chinese off for a new set of antiques and uh, that he had, had he had done all of that through his mind, his meditation. He had, in the beginning, made up his mind he was going to sell a million books, and um, and he went to an event. This woman was uh, there, and he she was talking about, I think it was the uh, the Enquirer, that magazine, and uh, afterwards. She talked to him about running an ad for his book and their magazine. Well, so he thought, you know, this. why not? I'll take an ad and see what happens. And that is what started his book success, his first book. And uh, from then mm-hmm. on, it was the power of his mind, and he knew that. And yet, and can you imagine moving into a multi-million dollar house without just the basic, I think they just took in a bed and a few chairs to sit on because they were manifesting and they brought the rest in. Uh, And they were very normal people, Claire, just like your next-door neighbor. But they had what we're talking about. They were using this to create their future. You know, I remember reading in uh, Joe Vitale's book, how you must value yourself, you must love yourself in order to receive. That's not always an easy thing for people because they don't really know what self-love is. It's a journey, just discovering what that is. But just going on the journey to discover what it is, is an act of love for the self alone. So there are lots of things that we do that are part of love for the self. We are love, so self-love is part of being who you are. (laughs) But Joe covers in his book, he talks about miracles, and he says that this is a key step to receive those manifestations that you're working on, those miracles. You must feel that it is yours. You also have to know that you deserve it and that you want it so you can have it. And it's part of the manifestation just like you've been talking about. So what I also hear you saying and what I remember Joe talking about too is pay attention to how you talk to yourself about yourself. Mm 
Um, do you put yourself down a lot? Are you always saying you don't deserve what you have? You might even not think it in words, but you might just have a feeling that you think you don't deserve these things. These are blocks that you can find in your thinking, and you can change them to positive concepts with this kind of information that you're sharing, Carol. And it makes sense why Stuart wants you to say this affirmation daily that you were talking about earlier. I'm eternal. I'm immortal. I'm universal. I am beautiful. This is how you convince yourself to deserve it, like you were saying, saying these kinds of things every day. Exactly. You have to build your own self-confidence. It's up to you. And remembering the universal law is pure energy. It accepts whatever thoughts, feelings, and actions you project and reflects them back to you emotionally in the form of events that you experience. So uh, when uh, we get into part two, we'll get into more specifics. But the first thing to remember is Mm -hmm. your thoughts are energy, your uh, emotions are energy, And so when you send up those little post-its to the universe and say, this is what I want, you want it full of emotion, which is thanks and success and happiness and gratitude and see your end result. And, And one more trick that he said, Stuart said, that I think is fun is let's say that you do want to make a million dollars off of your book or your movie or your art Um, take yourself into a very expensive hotel, walk around, sit in the lobby, enjoy yourself, go buy yourself just a cup of coffee, even if it's $10, $15. You need to get used to being around wealthy people. Don't be afraid to walk into Aramis or some of the expensive shops and look around and say, well, I might consider this. I might consider having one of these or buying that or whatever. Get in that energy of the uber-rich and see how it feels because this is how you keep turning that uh, away, that collective consciousness that says, ooh, I can't go in there. That's too expensive. No, you can. So... um, I can't uh, tell you how much fun this is, Claire. Thank you very much for sharing all of this information. And we'll have a lot of fun in part two. Yes, we will. And I know that just uh, summing things up from some of the things that you've shared today are basically for us to understand miracles, two aspects of the universal law. So the first thing you talked about is that what lies deep within us or all mankind, is immense power. And this power is impartial and unemotional, like you were saying earlier. You can call it the universal mind or Christ consciousness or quantum field or higher power, whatever works for you. And you can pull to you almost anything that you can visualize and make a part of your feelings. You you talk about this a lot about how feelings are very important. Feeling that you already have what you want are paramount to receiving it. And you need to feel that it belongs to you and that you deserve it. So this is faith that you can receive. This is achieved by this type of energy, 
by knowing that the power is within you and acknowledging that fact and by using these affirmations that you mentioned earlier, and I'm going to say it again just because it's so powerful. You've talked about saying things like, I'm eternal, I'm immortal, I'm universal, and infinite, I am beautiful, things like that. These are things that are easy to remember to say. So the universal law is pure energy. And understanding that, as you have shared here, helps us to accept whatever thoughts, feelings, and actions we project and reflect them back to us emotionally in the form of events that we've experienced. So again, just understanding universal law is pure energy. And your thoughts are powerful. They are manifestors. Your thoughts can create your future. They are energy. And we realize that when things go well, it is because we put that image into the universal law and it responded. These are all the things that I heard you share today, Carol. I believe these things. Good. And I know you do Good. too, right, Carol? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> That's why I find life is so much fun. It's it's a joy to be on this earth. And it's a lot more fun when you keep seeing what you want and believing it because there's some adage that says you'll receive it when you believe it. And there you go. It's saying just what we're saying here. So thank you very much, Claire. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. And we look forward to sharing part two with you. All right. Thank you, Carol. And be well, everyone. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.